Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Vero Valletti Flores. And I'm Miriam Soila Perez. And we are two Latinx friends. With widely different music tastes. And each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love. And this week we are bringing you another episode based around our problematic faves. This was a popular one. And we'll put a link in the show notes to the original Problematic Fades episode in case you want to take a listen to that one. But we've got some repeaters for this episode. (laughs) Some repeat repeat Problematic Fades. Repeat offenders. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this one is new. Yeah, totally. New to the podcast and new as a Problematic Fade. So this is, you know, no shade specifically to Vicente Fernandez. I don't know if he deserves it or not, but really it's about El Rey, this song. This song is like the ultimate misogynist anthem, and I love it. Una piedra en el camino me enseñó que mi destino Era rodar y rodar Rodar, rodar, rodar y rodar También me dijo un arriero Que no hay que llegar primero Pero hay que saber llegar Con dinero y sin dinero Yo hago siempre lo que quiero Y mi palabra es la ley. No tengo trono. Why do you think it's the ultimate misogynist anthem? We have quite a few on this episode. Well, because so I saw on social media actually the other day, um, Jessica Salgado, the poet, um, was talking about this song and oh. she was talking about how it's like the ultimate fuckboy anthem and it's really <laughs> so true because oh. he's like listen I'm broke I don't have any friends pero mi palabra es ley and you're gonna cry when I'm gone like bitch please wow. like no <laughs> wow. so he's like got nothing to offer but he's still like you're gonna he has it. nothing to bring to the table but he's still el rey so you're gonna cry when he's gone <laughs> Shout out to Jessica Salgado. I appreciate her Instagram presence a lot. <laughs> she yeah. just really like narrates so many aspects of her life and like the fuck boys that she interacts with on dating apps and 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 mm. like she she went on this like yeah. kind of ridiculous rant yesterday when she, but she was basically like high on cough syrup, I think. <laughs> like she's like I took some Dayquil or some Nyquil and and it was just like the whole thing, but she just kept going, you know. <laughs> so Amazing. Amazing. We'll put a link to Jessica in the show notes if you want to check her out. She's a poet. Yeah, yeah. She has a new new book out. It's Mm -hmm. called Corazon. Mm Y'all should check it out. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, I just thought that she was so on point with the song. It's just like he's literally, the whole song is talking about who he has nothing to bring to the table, but he's still el fucking rey. Mm -hmm. How dare you? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that like, I fucking love it. And I think it's just a nostalgia thing because... Um, 
for me, I have a really nostalgic relationship to mariachi, which is so interesting because, yeah. like, in, you know, like, as we've talked about a lot of times on this show, we're both Caribbean, so we don't have a ton of connection all the time to Mexican music other than, like, you know, broader, like, Mexican pop culture, but not really, like, Mexican traditional music. But mariachi are, like, um, such a thing for occasions. At least they were in my family. My Both of my grandparents, both, like, my mom's uh, my mom's father and uh, like my dad's mother, who is like an Italian lady who immigrated to Venezuela, like they fucking loved mariachi, and it was just like such an occasion flex, you know, to yeah. like bring the mariachi, yeah. you know, like for like una ocasión, you know, like we're talking about like milestone birthdays, like you know, like big fucking deals, mm. like to bring the mariachi to serenade is like such a big thing, and it was like In always Venezuela. so exciting. Yeah, in Venezuela, and it was always so exciting, and they're, like, coming with these amazing outfits and, like, fucking uh, giant instruments, like, these, like, huge tubas and, like, right. horns right. and, like, an accordion, and you're just, like, as a child, I was just, like, whoa, you right. know, like, it was all so cool, and I feel like I just love mariachi songs, and this is one of them that, like, no matter how fucked up it is, I'm just, like, fucking here for it. Mm. It's the ultimate drunk sing-along. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like when you're feeling down on yourself, when you're really feeling like you got nothing to offer, but like want to pick yourself back up and you're like, but I'm still a fucking Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The standards are so low. Like the standards are so low for men. What is that about? <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Do you know much about Vicente Fernandez? I mean, he, I know that he's a legend, right? Like, he's Vicente Fernandez is, like, a Mexican legend. He's just, like, such a... He's a very... Um, such an amazing voice, like, really... Uh, uh, really important in Mexican music and I know him as that right as this like yeah. fucking legendary figure in Mexico who sings like these like big songs with his big beautiful voice you know and El Rey is really just a perfect song for him um, but yeah so so good I did not grow up with any mariachi it was really not a part of my childhood at all I don't know if there are Cuban folks who are into mariachi but it was just it was never a thing so my interaction with it has been as an adult, they're mostly in like Mexican yeah, yeah. settings, so it's really different. You know, it isn't right, as, right. It isn't as grand. It's usually like two dudes and a of guitar, guitars. You know, so. But. Yeah, whenever there was like mariachi for some sort of like ocasión or fiesta, there'd be like twelve people showing up. Usually, like twelve dudes with like full on outfits, and they're like you know like black outfits with all these like metallic details, and like it just all seemed like so amazing. I have no idea how this got to be this way in Venezuela, in like Venezuela, how mariachi. Yeah how mariachi like became this thing i wonder if it was like mexican telenovelas right or if or it immigrants? was like you know like Are there or immigrants? yeah or maybe immigrants i mean not a huge population at all i mean i feel like if you're gonna in mexico and you're gonna immigrate you'd go para norte you know I mean, like why would you go to right. venezuela right well i don't know i mean economics is a lot of the reason people migrated in the 80s and 90s i don't know what the economic situation but right. was like then yeah because of oil well, and stuff but yeah, I mean, Venezuela was a place that people came to a lot, like, in the 50s and 60s and right. maybe even, like, 70s. There was a lot right. of, like, a lot of Colombian folks were in Venezuela, a lot of, like, uh, Portuguese and Italian people po post, like, World War II. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. No sé. I have n no tengo más mínima idea how it happened, but I'm, I'm grateful for it. <laughs> yeah. 
someday maybe we should have a whole mariachi episode. I know we talked oh about my it God. a little that bit on our, um, our episode about the border, but yeah, there's so much yeah, more to say. Yeah. We need to bring like a mariachi So much more expert. to say. <laughs> we do. Is that um, you? Let us know. <laughs> like, definitely not me. <laughs> Real. All right. So my, f- my first problematic fave is a classic. It's called El Tiburón, and it's by Alexis y Fido, featuring Baby Ranks. Yes! Most people probably recognize this song. It's from 2009. I gotta give a shout out to Remesca and a listicle by Amelia Capaz that is called, it's all about your throwback reggaeton bangers. And this song was on that list yes. and brought it back to the forefront of my mind. So, God, you know, I love this song. Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's something musically about it that I don't understand enough about the elements to, to articulate exactly, but it just feels like the dembo is like really hard and loud and fast in a way that the, the reggaeton coming out these days doesn't do anymore. And I just yes. have some nostalgia for that, like the intensity it's of that, it. It's not like old school reggaeton production, just like in your fucking face. Right. I love right. it. I'm so nostalgic for it. Yeah, totally. And it's like, why has that changed? It's just about, you know, trends and also like what mainstream tolerance is like. But it goes with the really like sexually explicit lyrics. So this song, totally. I want to read what Amelia wrote about the song because I think it's hilarious from her listicle. And, the, and there'll be a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. So she says, ah, a song by, about a shark. Don't you love nature? Sharks are fantastically big ocean creatures and all the more frightening. Yeah, you should probably stay away from sharks. Wait, what was that? You want him to bring you to the shark? Are you okay, sis? <laughs> In that case, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that when he says el tiburón, he's referring to his dick. <laughs> Which is real. Why yeah. not? Why I mean, not? I <laughs> mean, this is a very, like, very... Uh, Mildly masked metaphor for his penis, 100%. 100%. The last line is, either way, Alexis Cifido's sneaky shark pee-pee anthem is a must-play at any perreo party. <laughs> the alliteration in that oh sentence is amazing. So, yeah, this song, I think the, the intensity of the beat goes with also the intensity of this, like, really sexually explicit lyrics. Because this is a, basically a song about, like, really intense sex and, like, very aggressive sex. Yes. Hence the shark metaphor. So it's so good. It's so good. And also like, I don't know. I feel like I remember this like mid two thousands, like mm-hmm. the call and response, like with the ladies, like right. dime pa, you know, like, dame, dame. Yeah. Yeah. 
like it's so like I was like you know just like I can just like feel that you know like being at the club like shouting out like right. dame, dame, dame. you know <laughs> yeah. yeah so that was part of the like for me the debate around thinking about reggaeton and like what's problematic when it comes to lyrics these two are a duo from Puerto Rico um and Alexis Fido, and I don't know anything about their like personal histories that makes them potentially problematic, which we know about some of the other artists that I'm going to bring. But so for this one, it was really about the lyrics. And I think the thing about reggaeton that's hard, it's like to interpret it, you have to really think about like, where does the women's voice fit into all of this? Because like, there's nothing mm. wrong with like intense sex on its face. Right. Or like wanting intense sex right. or, or even like worshiping kind of this idea of like this aggressive, um, you know, penis in some ways but like <laughs> if it's all coming from like the men's perspective then it's like it comes becomes problematic so in reggaeton you often hear the women's voice like what you're just talking about like there's this refrain that's a woman and like a number one like the women never get credit right like they're never featuring like we don't even know who these women are often and we talked about that on our reggaeton mm -hmm. episode like a million years ago but um but also like this kind of refrain doesn't necessarily feel like the woman's perspective it's just like that this fantasy of the man idea of like what a woman wants from him you know so I think that's right. like where I kind of debate around reggaeton and like particularly the sexually explicit stuff like I'm not sex negative I don't think there's anything wrong with singing about sex but like women's voices are so absent or they're just like a musical element like you don't actually feel like it's a woman's perspective quote-unquote you know in some of yeah these yeah which is why I feel like Evie Queen is so important yeah. you know to be like this is this is where I come in right right and I right. wish there were just like so many more I know Artists so many more women, are, you know, like, yeah, yeah. That like, I mean, there are there are ton, tons of women, right? But like that, like gained the kind of prominence that right. she did, right? Right, right. That's the thing. And so I think like we brought a few episodes ago, we brought um, downtown, which is Anita and Jay Balvin, and I think that's a better example of like a sexually explicit song, but like her voice is present and her perspective is present. I mean, it's much like the the story of that song is much more kind of sweet in some ways because it's all about how he likes to go down on her you know so that's like pretty feminist right to begin with well but it's also cool because yeah i feel like in that song it's like she i feel like when i've seen this like go downtown version songs that are like both a dude and a woman yeah it's like it's like oh i like for you to go downtown but then like the dude gets to be like yeah and i like it when you go down on me but he's like no right. i want and to song, go down on you too that. yeah yeah. Right. But for me, it's also like she's so prominent, right? Like they're sharing that song. It's not it's not a yeah, J Baldwin yeah. song about going down on women where there's no woman's voice present in like a significant way. So, right. So right. this was kind of part of the debate we were having when we were preparing this episode about like whether reggaeton today is like less problematic than reggaeton was like in the 2000s because the themes have changed or not the themes have changed, but like the approach like you don't get the really hardcore sexually explicit lyrics at least not in mainstream reggaeton that you got, I think, in this era, the stuff that kind of came up from the underground, it became big. And so, you know, Vero, you and I were debating about whether you can say, you know, what it means to say, like, oh, it's less problematic, quote unquote, in the sort of right. mainstream. Right. Movie. Well, because I was, because I actually don't feel like it's less sexist now. I think that it's actually more palatably sexist. Right. Um, I think right. that instead of being quote, quote unquote vulgar, which I think is like the pearl clutching that like so many of us saw back when reggaeton first rose to prominence, it was like, there's all these like criminalization around reggaeton and like, right. like really just like bands and 
all this like, um, you know, upper class sort of, um, and also right. very racialized uh, pearl right. clutching around right. reggaeton. Right. And now I feel like that reggaeton is like, it's whiter and more mainstream and it's, um, and it's like more, uh, it, I feel like it's like more palatable, but I don't actually think it's less sexist, right? I think right. that it's just less vulgar. And right. I feel like the vulgarity is actually a piece that I really liked about it, <laughs> right? Like right. I don't really necessarily like that it was sexist, but I did love like the explicitness of that because I feel right. like that's like, I Sex don't know, positive. like because... Yeah, it's sex positive. It's like, yeah, let's talk about sex. Let's talk about what you want. Let's talk about what I want, right? And like, sure, like that, there was a lot of misogyny in that because misogyny is like the water that we swim in, right? Like all right. genres of music are super right. fucking sexist. Like, for example, like the mariachi song that we just brought, right? Like any yep. like pop culture, like, you know, we can talk, we could have brought like Molotov, you know, like, like a rockero sort of group. Like it's like, there's a lot of misogyny and homophobia and et cetera in all genres of music because there's a lot of that everywhere everywhere but right. um but yeah I yeah. think that I just, it's interesting yeah. yeah and I think yeah for me it comes down to like does it feel like a woman's perspective is even acknowledged or brought into the music at all because then it, if it's not it really feels especially when it's like so explicitly about sex um it just feels like hard to to make sense of in a political way you know because of that right and still to this day there aren't that many women that are like no. making the kinds of like right. rises to the top the ways that like your J Balvin's or like yeah. even like you know like Maluma or even like on other Latin you know like quote unquote urbano right. genres like Bad right. Bunny you know like there's just right. like all, all the women that are trying to make it in that space aren't seeing the same kind of success right which there's a corollary with that same dynamic with like rap in the US, right? That it's like harder for women and there's less, like, I think some of the same conversations, I mean, they influence each other a lot and there's like a lot of um, crossover between the two genres, but I think a lot of the same things are true yeah. there too. So I don't yeah, know. I mean, totally. part of, part of what was hard about this episode, we were both like, oh yeah, it'll be easy, like more problematic faves, but it was actually kind of not fun to like listen to my music with this, lens like I didn't really want to like go through the yeah. music that I love and try to be like what's a song that I love that's problematic you know because it's I know it's I just know. like it's kind of a downer and like we you know we are political people and we're humans and we listen with a discerning ear but also sometimes you just want to enjoy the music and like everything is problematic if you look hard enough for it because yeah sexism and racism like they permeate throughout all of these cultures and so like at some point you could sort of get a little bit tired of looking for it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I like, I feel like, um, one, there was a while ago I was listening to something that Janet Mock was saying and she was talking about how she was talking about Azalea Banks, who's like the ultimate problematic fave. I think that her right. like, picture is in the dictionary next to that. So, like, <laughs> so Damn. she was like talking about Azalea Banks and how she liked her music. And she was like, listen, like, I know that, like, she said some fucked up shit about trans women, but, like, I, you know, like, I'm black, I'm trans, I'm a woman, like, I'm all of these things, and if I listened to music only that, like, ever, like, fully respected all of those things, I would be closed off to so much culture, and I refuse, right? right? So, and I was like, right. you know, that's that's so true, right? Like, and say, you know, like, same for me, like, if I didn't listen to stuff that wasn't, like, homophobic or racist or, uh, or misogynist or, you know, like, fucked up in any way that I care about, even if it doesn't apply to me, like, then, like, how much, 
would I be closed off to, right? And like, I feel like a better approach for me is listening with a critical ear, which is uh, what, you know, like we're doing in this episode, right? Yeah. 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 Right. I appreciate that. I mean, the world we live in is that way. So it's like, you have to, Yeah. it's always a compromise to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Oh my God. My next pick is um, we brought to our last problematic faves episode and may or may not make a couple of appearances on this episode. (laughs) He's like really just, really just uh, a classic problematic fave for us. Um, This is a song called Dura and it's by Daddy Yankee. research we do the less he like okay maybe he's a republican or maybe he was just trying to like get some attention during the 08 election maybe he's like racist and that's why he didn't with obama it's unclear what the story was but like it seems so tame compared to some of these dudes yeah. who like, have been in jail for beating their wives and shit like that yeah i mean so the backstory for those of y'all who haven't listened to an episode where we've talked about this yet is that uh I will, I will personally never forget that Daddy Yankee endorsed John McCain in 2008 against going up against Barack Obama. It's like such a, such a misfire. <laughs> such a dumb move. Like, don't say anything. Nobody's expecting Daddy Yankee to come right. up with the endorsement. You no know? one cares like... what you think. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, so, you know, um, it's, and then like the rumor is that like he tried to, the rumor that I heard was that he tried to endorse Obama and it was like, thank you, but no thanks. Right. <laughs> so then right. he like petty endorsed John McCain. Right. You know, say it, you know, whatever. Yeah. All I know is that Danny Yankee now is my favorite re- Republican reggaetonero. Right. <laughs> And, like, can he even vote? If he's in Puerto Rico, he can't even vote for the president. No, no, not if he's in Puerto Rico. I don't know where he makes his primary residence. (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. Anyway, yeah. we've, never, we've never been in the voting booth with him, but that was a bad choice. And we're gonna, we're apparently going to hold it against him forever. <laughs> but we hold it against him but... by highlighting him. <laughs> so, complicated. But this song is so good. I feel like he's got something really good here, both like yeah. hearkening to this, like the reggae roots of reggaeton and then yeah. just doing something so fresh. It's impressive. I, this he's like not has a been chicken. I know. Like. Just like what listening to the song, I was like, first of all, poderosa, medio escandalosa is my new life motto. <laughs> <laughs> I like 
like amazing. That. And also just like whatever, like hats off, Daddy Yankee. DM me the moisturizer you use because <laughs> right. how the fuck do you look like that? Right. <laughs> I know he looks good, but he's been doing this for what twenty years at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's like been like at this for a minute. But mostly you like the song, you like the lyrics, you like the video. I was noticing that the women are yes. actually like wearing clothing, which is unusual for a reggaeton video. The outfits, the outfits yeah. in this are like, really oh, good. There's some midriffs and that's about yeah. it. <laughs> like it's pretty Yeah, modest. the outfits are really good. You all, you all should check it yeah. out. Yeah, but you know, shout out my favorite Republican reggaetonero, <laughs> Daddy Yankee. <laughs> That's what happens when you're maybe scraping the bottom of the problematic fave barrel, which like perhaps is a good thing that it was like hard for you to find three songs, you know, yeah. three different people. Like maybe yeah, that's a good thing. Totally. We should be happy that there are not as many, there are not that many problematic yeah, faves. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe I'm just like not listening to them because there's so much goodness to right, listen to, right? right? There's like no dearth of so much amazing people. Right. That's real. <laughs> All right. Awesome. What is your next song? So my next song is called Como Yo Le Doy. And it's by Pitbull featuring Don Miguelo. Mr. Worldwide. So this song was like a big hit. I think it was three summers ago. It was like all over the radio. Mm. And I remember it stood out to me because I, at the time, had a part-time job at a restaurant. And so all of the dudes... Um, mostly Salvadoran guys uh, in the kitchen yes. and were listening to it. And I like was jamming along to it. Um, but so it's kind of yeah, stuck out yeah. to me at that time. We brought Pitbull for our first Problematic Fave episode. We brought his song Kulo last time. But Kulo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Don Miguelo <laughs> is new to Radio Manea. And thanks to a little bit of research I did, um, definitely has a Problematic Fave history including the fact that he served jail time in Dominican Republic in 2012 for accusations of domestic violence from his ex-wife and also allegations that he showed sexually explicit videos of her without her consent. Not good. Mm, and he was released. No, not, not good. Cute. Not good. Yeah. Don Omad is another reggaetonero we've brought in the, in the past who also has a similar yeah, like, yeah. DV history. So, yeah, Don Miguelo. And that was 2012, and the song came out, you know, a couple of years ago. So he's still doing his thing. So he was released after a few months on bail. So 
Mm. You know, I think it's, this is where it gets complicated, right? Because, like, these kinds of DV histories are not uncommon in the entertainment industry. They're not uncommon in, like, sports and media. Um, I mean, they're, you know, it's, it's an epidemic, right? That, that violence exists in yeah. interpersonal relationships. And so, but then when you have a dude who's got this kind of level of prominence and then is singing about, like, sex and romance, it gets kind of problematic and complicated for me. Yeah. Like how you make sense yeah, of all that. Yeah, totally. The, but the, the reason I thought of this song, because I didn't know that about Domingo until I looked him up, was the lyrics of this one, I think, walk a weird line. So it's it's kind of about, like, friends with benefits. Because he's all like, she's not mm-hmm. in love with me, but she mm-hmm. loves how I give it to her. Which, like, there's nothing wrong with that, yeah, yeah. again, on its face. But we come back to the question of, like, where's the woman's voice, right? It's totally absent. Like, it's all from yeah. his perspective. And it's all, like, kind of him stroking his own ego about how great he is in bed and how, like, she doesn't love him. But, like, it's almost like he likes that. You know, he's like, I like that, that she doesn't, like, want anything from me except, like, you know, how I give it to her. So I just, I yeah, just feel like, yeah. like when, you, when you hear these songs without the woman's perspective at all, it's, it's hard not to think it's problematic because what's the real story here, you know? And, like, what are we... Is this just propping up these same tropes about, you know, dudes, kind of big egos around how good they are? That these women like come, you know, calling them at three o'clock in the morning to be like, you know, yeah, like I don't know. I don't know if I believe them. No, I know, right? It's like it's like <laughs> like seems like an I unlikely think she story. Might be faking yeah. it. Or this is like your maybe this is your fantasy, right? Is that you wish that you were so good that some woman maybe. would just call you, but then not want anything else from you. But I don't know. It kind of plays in the whole thing of like women being like emotionally needy. I don't. know. The whole thing is it's it's complicated, which is why I try not to like go too deep <laughs> on analyzing the lyrics because I just get like I just you just fall yeah. into a hole and then you feel like a feminist from the 70s who just hates everything and that's not the way <laughs> feminism is going to thrive you know? like we have to figure out how to have a nuanced conversation it's true yeah. it's true you know like the revolution is going to thrive when it's like palatable to everybody right and yeah the, you the, know and the video for this is totally like your typical you know this is a newer song but it's same shit you see in rap videos, too. It's just, like, women in, like, scanty, you know, little string bikinis dancing around these dudes as if they're, like, the shit, you know? So it's kind of, like, boring almost because it's so predictable. Like, can you do something? Can you come up with, like, an original idea for your video instead of just falling back on the same shit we've seen for decades? Do you know? Real, real. So, but the, why do I like the song? It's, like, the sound, the rhythm. It's the beats, like that's where I get drawn mm-hmm. into something, you know? So. Yeah. Same here. I feel like I often like something I don't listen. Like I've said before, I don't listen to lyrics a ton yeah. a lot. Yeah. So then like, so then, um, by the time that I like a song, if I figure out the lyrics are fucked up, it's like way too late. Right. Yeah. No, you, know? you get, you get pulled <laughs> it's in. like, Oh, this is over. I'm into it. <laughs> you get pulled in. Yeah. And if you don't know who Pitbull yeah. is, he's Cuban American, Mr. 305. And he's just, like, hella cheesy. I don't know. I can't really... I just find him kind of cheesy in the way that he represents himself and, like, the way he does his business stuff. And I'm just, like, even though he's, like, my people, I'm not... I don't know. I'm kind of like, all right, Pitbull, like, do your thing. But I'm not a huge fan, generally. Yep. I just think he's cheesy. He's a little bit of a cornball. All right. So the song that I have next is by Galiuchis, and this song is called After the Storm. So you gotta be careful, baby, and look both ways before you cross my mind.
Galiucci's sound and a lot of her like aesthetic, like the visual aspect of her um, of her artistry is really on point. Like whoever she works with in terms of directors and stylists are really geniuses, and I really appreciate that about her. And this song I find really lovely. It's like talking about how you know even if you're going through a hard time, like you can get through the storm, and nothing good ever comes easy, and you know it'll be. You know, like you just need to ride it out, and it can be comforting in that way. And it really, it's a really good song. Um, but so, but the so the reason I brought it though is because I feel like Galiuchis has like really messy racial politics. Like before, I ever heard any Galiuchis song at all. Um, I want to say like five years ago, I saw her picture. I think in like a list uh, article about you know the next big people. Um, in music and Caliuchis was there and I saw her picture and like um, you know it was before she got as big as she is now and she was dressed up just like you know like just a girl era Gwen Stefani with like you know like that big gothic lettering on a white crop top and like dickies and like bleach blonde hair And she was like, you know, I she's saying that like that Gwen Stefani was such an inspiration. And this is the moment where I have to say that so much of my experience in the United States as an immigrant has been shaped by the East Coast. So there might be some shit that like is some California stuff that I don't understand here, but I do not get this obsession with Gwen Stefani that I feel like a lot of like. You know, like, I find a lot of women, like, badass women, like, fucking jefas, admire this woman who I feel like just, like, stole the aesthetics of chola culture and sold them back this, like, sad sack bland version of them. And, like, I just no entiendo, yeah. you know? I remember we talked about this. So I think you mentioned I, this when, we, when you brought Kali Uchis in the past. Yeah, yeah. So then that had me super skeptical of Kali's race politics just from the start, just because like Gwen Stefani also is like so ra sketch on the racial justice politics, right? She's like just like really bad. She appropriates everything left and right. She like has this like harem of Japanese girls that she walks around mm -hmm. with. I don't know. It's just really, she's really sketchy. And, um, and, but then, you know, like she um, had this one song with Snoop Dogg. And when that came out, I fucking loved it. And I was like, okay, fine, fine, fine. Like, I like this. I'm into it. You know, like, I'm into this music. I'm just going to, like, give that a pass, ignore it. Um, but then it, like, cut to much later, you know, like, probably in the last year, you know, it's not so surprising then when folks that when folks online try to question like her change of look, like she went from this like really bleach blonde and light skin to like more like tan and brunette look. And they were like, people online were like, yo, what's, what's up with this? What are you trying to do? Like, what's, is there like something behind this? She just like fucking wild out, really? like got like OD defensive really? and was like, wow. I do more. Yeah. She was like, I do more for POC and Afro Latinos than anyone else. Like what? <laughs> like a girl chill you know like you don't like 
I don't know. It's just like there was no need to be that defensive, right? You know, like, because especially when you have people like, say, like Sofia Vergara, right. right, who's like light slash white enough to, to like get her career off the ground, like via like her, like being so being white slash white adjacent, you know, and like, so she got, got her career off the ground with like blonde hair and then like switched it up when it was more convenient for her to be more brown, like in an American context. So like when you, when people who don't have the option to, to like flip flop in that way, like see you doing the same thing and try to talk to you about it, like just acknowledge that privilege and keep it moving, you know, like there's no need to get defensive about how you're doing the most for POC and Afro-Latinidad, like, are you kidding? Like, you know who's doing the most for Afro-Latinidad is Afro-Latinos. Like, sit down. (laughs) I don't know. So it was just like, she just like completely wild out. And I was like, wow, girl, like no one's trying to say that you're not Latina. Like no one's trying to take anything away from you. So it was just like disappointing, if totally unsurprising, you know? Right. It's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah respond in so many different ways yeah 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 well and also like I also feel like people who it's it's just it's interesting right like people who like don't don't have like uh are trying to like be more politically aware like in their artistry but then don't really have like the education behind that or like aren't seeking it really right like because that's the thing like you have to like really seek it because like the thing is is that the most marginalized voices aren't part of like the mainstream shit that you're gonna find at first right 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 but you know she's she's got jams right and uh, (laughs) i like this one This is our problematic faves episode. And yeah, you know, like Janet Mock says, right? Like if like, it's just like I, there's obviously things that like, you know, each one of us will draw our lines at different points. But I feel like, you know, we're like, I'm not here to judge what like people are listening to. Like unless it's like somebody who's like, there's like an organized boycott. Like unless you're talking about like R. Kelly or some shit, you know, like then like, you know, there's a little bit more like... Right, right. Um, so, you know, I feel like that's where I fall in terms of my habits. Like, mostly, like, as it was really hard to find songs for this episode, yeah. which I thought it would be easy. So, I, mostly, like, I'm supporting folks who hit the right spots for right, me, you know? Right, Um But oh, I'm not limiting myself, right? Um, and I feel like Janet Mock, with that, like, quote of hers, really, like, helped me sort through that a little yeah. bit. Well, and what you just hope is like, you know, people fuck up and make mistakes and they sometimes they do it really publicly. And what you hope is that, you know, somebody closer to her. That they learn. Yeah, that they learn or somebody closer yeah. to her can be like, listen, this is how you need to navigate this. And I think, I think for Latinos who are like mixed or light skinned or white passing, like it's complicated in the U.S. and it's very different than like where people come from. And um, there's a lot to navigate around privilege and around um, kind of what what is our role and how people relate. And so I think it's like, you know, some people fuck up in bigger ways and some people have to fuck up publicly. And that's tough because it's a hard place to learn. And, and like right. the internet's not nice, right, you know? Right. So like it can feel really like you do feel yeah. like you're being attacked and, you know, tone on the internet and whatever. So it's hard to have to play those things out publicly, I think. But what I just hope is that totally, yeah, some yeah. of these people learn from this shit, even if it doesn't look like it on the face, but that they're doing the work they have to do with people they trust, probably not on Twitter, you know, um, yes. so that they can yes. continue to like improve and figure out 
their role in all of this, you know? So that's my hope. Yeah, totally. I feel like sometimes with people like that are just like fucking up, like have like a good intention, but are fucking up publicly. I just hope that there's somebody that's like a friend that's like, girl, you're fucking up. You know, like that's what I would want. Because yeah, it's hard to hear critique from people who are, (laughs) don't seem to have your best interest in mind, you know? And like people on the internet, like it's not, it's a tough place. Like it's, it's like you can try, you know, hopefully you can hear through that and and see what's necessary, but it's hard. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Totally. And same thing for these like sexist dudes. Like you hope that there's, um, and you know, a, some of the, a lot of these dudes don't even write their own lyrics. I think that's an important thing to acknowledge too, is that there's people behind these songs that we're not even acknowledging, um, who are part of the reason that these songs come to be to begin with. So, but you know, you hope that there's right, people. Right. It's a whole industry. Right. It's a whole it's industry. A whole industry. It's, it's like what sells, what sells and yeah. what like. And a culture, right. What like people want to play and a culture. Yeah. And like, it's like the water that we swim in, right. Yeah. Which is like, you know. One day at a time. And I think, you know, it kind of goes back to my belief that we don't, we don't like throw anybody away. Like we have to engage with people who fuck up and who have problematic aspects of their work and their identities and the way they live in the world. And so, um, that's part of it is like holding nuance and make sure they do better Yeah, and try to push people to do better. Yeah. For reals. All right. In the spirit of do better, let's let's go to the next song. This one makes me a little sad. (laughs) So this song, this last song is Ven Conmigo and it's by Daddy Yankee featuring Prince Royce. That's right. Royce into this episode because he's one of my all-time <laughs> faves. If you're like a long-time Riley Manea listener, I feel like I haven't brought him yes. in a while, but he's probably my favorite reg- um, bachata artist, and um, he kind of mm-hmm. helped me to fall in love with bachata. And I generally, you know, I don't, I don't, I have not like sat and listened to all of my like bachata favorite songs with this critical eye, but I think that they tend because they tend to be on the sweeter side, that like the sexism that. Isn't yeah, as about like romance yeah. and sadness and relationships. Right. Sure. Like maybe not as a parent, although like the women's voices are still entirely absent, right? There's so few women in, in bachata. Mm. Like there is a few, but they're not the predominant voice. Um, but, you know, like I just said, we all make bad choices sometimes. And this was, I think, a bad choice. I mean, A, like 
I really just wish, wish Royce would stick with bachata. I just feel like it's what he does best. And like, I know artists want to grow and they want to get bigger and they have these opportunities to go more mainstream. And so this is what he's trying to do, um, going with, with Daddy Yankee and doing something that doesn't honestly sound like him. Like I, that's one of my critiques about when people collaborate is like, I want it to be a mix of their sounds. I don't want it to just sound like the primary artist. And I think this just sounds like Daddy Yankee to me. Right, right, right. But the lyrics of the song are the issue that I have. I mean, we, we talked about Daddy Yankee and his like, you know, Republican status, but um, <laughs> this song, like the lyrics. So it, it's basically like a long form cat call. If you listen to the lyrics closely. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. It's like basically just all about trying to convince this woman to go with you or to stay with you at the club because you feel you fell in love with her eyes. You know, like typical trope, right? Like you just love at first sight. Mm -hmm. But I think this line between like romance and creepiness is totally tenuous, right? Like at what point does your really persistent desire to get this woman to do something that you want become... Um, aggression, harassment, yada, 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 right? Yeah. And um, I, I meant to mention this earlier. Um, there is actually the most recent Alt-Latino episode. I don't know, Veto, if you heard it. Um, was about... I did yeah, hear it. A, we'll put a link in the show notes because they have a kind of a, a, a similar conversation along similar veins about reggaeton and in the age of Me Too, you know, and how, to, how do you... And they brought these two mm -hmm. academic women who are studying reggaeton, um, who are both Latinx. And so they have a conversation about that. And I think that's the, the piece of it is right. That like rape culture exists even in these like very seemingly romantic impassioned man sort of just tries to get what he wants, um, scenarios that on the face you might think is harmless, but that's actually the beginning of what like harassment right. looks like. Right. And like catcalling and this yeah, encouragement yeah. of men are encouraged to be really persistent and that's part of where you start to get this gray area into like sexual harassment is that when people don't, when they don't take no or they don't take like disinterest seriously. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of romantic tropes are often about like men who are pining after women and trying to figure out how to get them. And I think at the end of the day, like if someone isn't interested in you, you just have to let it go. Like there's no... That's actually not romantic. Let it go, fam. It's not romantic. It's not that deep. And like if something, if you can be friends and then if something changes, but like this whole idea of, of like the more aggressive, and this is everywhere. I mean, you can look at, you know, 80s, like teeny bopper 80s movies and like the breakfast club, right? Like it's all about like these men who just stay devoted and stay kind of trying to, to get these love interests. So again, it's in the culture. Like these right. dudes did not invent this kind of sexism and they are not the sole sort of responsible parties for propagating it, but... It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate it also that, like, in that episode of, of Alt Latino about reggaeton and the Me Too, move, Me Too moment, I think it's very, um, they've made it very clear that, like, look, it's not like we don't want to hold reggaeton accountable for its sexism, but, like, why are we only talking yeah. about it here, right? right? right. Like, let's talk right. about which it. Is like, like, it's everywhere. Which is racialized. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. That, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. It's like, why is raps? Yeah looked at more closely than ballads are when like some of the same sexist tropes are there it's just not as sexualized right yeah so yeah exactly baby it's cold outside right. that's like a rape right. anthem right it's the same kind of like thing a nice white it's rape the same anthem. thing he's like trying to get her to stay and she's like no i gotta leave and you know it's like it's a game and that's definitely part of what rape culture looks it's like horrible so you so know so we horrifying. need more consent jams they brought the evie queen consent jam that you've brought here to that alt latino yes episode. so we're all yes, kind of in the I same. Heard it and I was so pleased uh, to, <laughs> to hear Evie Queen on Alt Latino again. I know, I know. <laughs> and 
Felix Contreras, he's such like a abuelo, you know? He's always scandalized. <laughs> yeah. He's so scandalized. I'm like, yo, dude, get with the times, you know? I feel like he's like a more of like a alt-rock kind of dude. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, this song. I mean, I just I just stay wanting R- Prince Royce to stick with Bachata and stop trying to cross over in lots of ways. Like he put out some music in English that I didn't think was very good. And then like collaborating with Daddy Yankee, like, nah, it's not that interesting, you know? So. It's a little bit of a sigh. Thank you so, so much for listening mm-hmm. to our problematic faves, Numero mm-hmm. Dos. And for listening to Radio Manea in general, you can find us on social media at Radio Manea. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we definitely post um, content outside the episode, so you check us out on those platforms. And if you haven't let us uh, left us a review... You should totally check out, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. You can also leave us a review at Stitcher, wherever it is that you listen to Riley Manea. But the reviews really make a difference. I check every couple days for new reviews, and I'm always so excited when we have them. And thanks so much to, like, the 100-plus people who've left us a rating and a review. We really appreciate y'all. Yes, y'all are really the best. Yeah, super sweet. Um, if you haven't listened to our last full-length episode, it's called Latinas Who Brunch. And it's a pretty fun um, parody episode we did in honor of Latinos Who Lunch. And we got to just kind of talk about um, ourselves a little bit more in the show and go behind the scenes and um, talk about the experience of doing this show. So you should check that out if you haven't already. Definitely. It's really fun. And it's just, yeah, it's just a little bit something different for us. A little behind the curtains moment. You get to peek in there. Exactly. <laughs> All right, y'all. Hasta la próxima.